Hola, hola, chulas. Hi there. We are experts in intuitive eating for on-again, off-again chronic dieters, and we are here to help you take the guilt and stress out of eating so you can become the first in your family to break the diet cycle, just like we are in our families. We want you to be who you are without food guilt. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, No More Guilt for Melissa and Your Latina Nutritionist for Delina. Are you ready? Let's break the diet cycle. Hola, hola, chulas. Hi there. All right, everyone. We are so, 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 so excited to have Taylor here. Um, she is amazing. And I've known her, not in person. I feel like I don't know a lot of people in person anymore. Like everyone is just virtual. <laughs> um, but I've known her for what, a few months now. Um, and we were in a mastermind group together. That's kind of like how we met, but she is super cool. I ask her all my vegan and vegetarian questions because I'm still like trying to learn coming from a family that does not understand veganism. <laughs> I feel like Taylor's my go-to person. So I'm excited to have this conversation because I want to learn. I know that so many of you want to learn and I'm just super pumped for this. Amazing. I'm excited to you, Taylor. Will you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, how you found yourself in the space that you are? Sure. Hey, everyone. I'm Taylor Wolfram, registered dietitian, nutritionist. Um, I am in Chicago, Illinois. I have a private practice that's all virtual right now due to COVID. Helpful. Um, but under normal circumstances, I still see some people virtual, but I also would see people in person. Um, in the city. Um, so yeah, I have been vegan myself um, for over a decade. Um, so long before I became a registered dietitian, you know, that was just uh, an, a personal ethical belief and stance of, of mine. Um, and then I've been a registered dietitian for seven years now. And like most RDs, I did not start out in the health at every size intuitive eating mm -hmm. space. I didn't receive, you know, any formal education about that as a part of, you know, my academic, you know, journey or, or internship or in any jobs I worked in. So like many of us, I had to do a lot of like self-education. Um, and so I'd say it's been, I don't know, maybe four or five years that I've been in that space. Um, and so for me, because I'm personally, you know, vegan and, and have expertise in vegan nutrition as well, having studied that and researched that, um, you know, it's, it's a really great kind of niche within a niche to be able to combine the two and really help folks um, disentangle any sort of disordered you know, behaviors or motivations that might be coming into play for people who identify as vegan or eating a quote unquote plant-based diet. Um, I do work with people who aren't vegan as well, but I think it's really rewarding to work in that space because there is so much diet culture there, like everywhere, but it's just kind of like on another level in that space. And unfortunately, you know, kind of the health focus and the fat phobic part of plant-based can seep into the ethical part of animal rights as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Oh, I know. I feel like that's a lot of the questions. You kind of like hit all the points that we want to hit today um, because a lot of the questions have to do with that. Um, and so the first question um, that one of um, our followers asked was, how can you be vegan or vegetarian when struggling with an eating disorder or knowing that 
this can be a form of restriction that can be triggering. Yeah, that's a big question. You know, someone who's struggling with currently struggling with an eating disorder or is recovered from an eating disorder, you know, anytime any food is quote unquote taken out of the eating pattern or the diet, whether it's for ethical motivations or not, it can be a slippery slope if there is already, you know, that predisposition or kind of that, you know, history there. Um, so definitely working with your care team, of course. Um, but I will say that it, it can be done. You know, there are people who maintain ethical veganism throughout eating disorder treatment and recovery, and they're okay. There are some people who need to put veganism or vegetarianism on the back burner and focus on recovery first. It really depends on the person. And, you know, like I, I like to tell people is veganism will always be there. And, you know, the animals who are trying to help through this, you know, lifestyle and through this stance, you know, they need us to be healthy. And so if we're thinking long-term, you know, doing the most justice work for animals, it's okay to temporarily need to take a step back from that with your food in order to, you know, heal yourself and make sure that your own physical and mental health is strong enough to be the kind of activist that you want to be. Um, so I know that's not a clear cut answer. It really just depends. Um, and I also think it's important to focus on non food ways that you can make a difference for animals and, you know, um, take stances on, on different issues that you believe in with veganism and it extends far beyond food. And so there's lots of ways, you know, to make a difference and to be an advocate that have nothing to do with food as well. I love that. that. Such a kick in the pants to black and white thinking too, right? Like it's not all the veganism or none of the veganism. You can find a space for yourself that keeps you, you know, in the center too, right? That, that without your well-being, your causes or things you believe in, they don't have you as an advocate. So you made my little hair stand up with that because I think I that so many of our clients um, struggle with that black and white thinking and it pops up not just around the diet culture, but also around other belief sets too. That's so helpful. Yeah. I, I find that one other area of that kind of black and white thinking is, okay, you're either motivated, you know, you're the vegan for ethics, you're vegan for health. And it's like, well, mm. a lot of people, they're really intertwined and that can be really tricky, you know, for people themselves and also for clinicians like, oh, I don't know. Like they say it's for the animals, but clearly there's yeah. some disorder beliefs and behaviors here. And so that's really common. And for anyone who's struggling with that, I just want you to know, you know, you're not alone that's not your fault you know we're all you know trained and socialized into this you know fat phobic white supremacist society mm -hmm. that breeds these kinds of behaviors and thoughts around food and our bodies and that is even magnified sometimes in the plant-based mm -hmm. world so you know for anyone who's feeling shame about that I just want you to know that you know it's okay and that you know the first step is accepting that there is an issue and, and getting help for it mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really true. It's a lot of uh, mixed, mixed things yeah. coming together. And so that's why I think working with someone like you, Taylor, must be so helpful because people can have a chance to just put that out there, realign and recalibrate, you know, where are these things coming from? Why do I want to pursue these behaviors and, and kind of keep, keep themselves in the center of the process? It's so helpful. Yes. Yes. And I think I love how you're able to say, I don't think I've ever heard someone who's vegan or vegetarian actually say it's okay. <laughs> like recover for like, at least not me, like most 
I guess maybe that's why I've, I've maybe been always a little bit put off by the veganism and vegetarian world where I feel like a lot of people that I met are like, either you do it or you're wrong, mm. you know? And I hear that a lot from, from a lot of people that I know personally or um, clients. It's kind of, it is very triggering um, to think that way that all black, black or white uh, mentality. And so the next question would be, how do you deal with the fat phobia, healthism, especially when you want to be more vegetarian or plant-based and you're looking up recipes and you're seeing all these triggering comments or um, ideas? Um, One of my um, clients actually asked this question because she was like, I want to eat more plant-based Um, my ultimate goal is veganism, but I'm afraid I'm going to fall back into my eating disorder, especially when I'm looking up recipes. Yeah, that's such a good question. And I mean, even outside of the vegan world, like it's impossible to avoid that kind of content, right? Like we talk with our clients about creating a safe space in their social media bubble and setting boundaries with family and friends and avoiding you know, triggering content as much as possible, but there is a level of, you know, resilience that we have to help people build because unfortunately the culture isn't going to change overnight. And, you know, that stuff is everywhere. So I totally feel for this person and, you know, they're not wrong. There are so many, you know, whole foods, plant-based, oil-free, whatever recipes out there that even in the title are inherently you know, just diety and even like pins on Pinterest and the kind of catchy phrases that they use. And so I think the first step is learning what diet culture is, how it's sneaky, all the little ways that it can manifest. So you can really be a good kind of detective, right? And so like your little diet culture alarm is working well and, and learn how to like sort out, you know, the the safe stuff from the not safe stuff, but also continuing to like refine, you know, who you're following on social media, maybe rather than just Googling vegan recipes, um, getting to know a few, you know, recipe developers who are vegan, who don't push any of that kind of stuff. And I'm happy to share. Um, So I think really getting to know folks out there who do put out really great content without a side of, you know, weight stigma or or diet culture is so important. And a big part of that too is trying to follow diverse vegans. Unfortunately, like a lot of things, it's dominated by thin white people, you know, heterosexual, cisgender, you know, all the things. And so it takes a little bit of digging to find people who are more diverse and are eating different foods and have different viewpoints. And those people are out there too. And so I think, you know, not only just trying to find like the anti-diet vegan recipe bloggers, but make sure that you're following a lot of different people so that the only messages you're getting aren't, you know, from like the plant-based doctors or like juice gurus and just weird wellness coaches on the internet i think we're all conjuring up the same image it's like a cloning of all the same people on social media (laughs) Um, so if there's anyone out there who's a budding blogger and you are a diverse person practicing non-diet culture veganism or vegetarianism taylor has made a call to action we need your content okay let us know if you (laughs) develop that blog amazing we need it yeah it's it's really challenging for people to find um just the information who is that one blogger who just went like exploded on TikTok? Um, oh my God, I can't remember her name. She's all over my Facebook now. She made like her video. I think the one video she made, it was like, like carrot, like bacon carrot, 
Pitts or something. I don't okay. know. Of course. Now I'm I'm rambling. I can't remember her name. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. But like I actually show follow notes. her. Actually, <laughs> and I'm like, her food actually looks really, really good. Like yeah. it's not what I think of when I think vegan. Um, and it makes me want to try these things. So yes, for sure, diversify your feed in every single way possible. Um, I have a question about like being critical, Taylor, because I had a client who said the same thing. She, you know, she, it wasn't with vegan recipes, but she's like, I'm starting to notice even like meal service delivery that she gets, there'll be this little mm-hmm. slippery comment or, you know, the calories plastered right on the front and there's all these different things. And she's like, I started to notice that. And I started to talk back and we were talking about how that's such an important step in, in your journey to be able to be critical of mm-hmm. diet culture. If you can do that, even if you can just create pause and not follow the lead of the message, that's step one. Step two is actually talking back and creating relief. And three is creating relief. Um, in terms of like the specific messages that vegans or vegetarians might look out for, what are some of the language or like labels or things that people might look out for that, that you think are kind of sneaky diet culture? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. Um, so oil-free is a big one. Um, there's a movement among a small group of plant-based doctors based on very limited scientific evidence that people need to eliminate all oil from their diet, which is not yeah. necessary at How all. How are the cells going to hold themselves together, you guys? It's it not supported. <laughs> oil. Like not even, because obviously, yeah, you're going to, like plant oils. That's what right. So I think some of them say, you know, like fatty plant foods, like avocados, olives, nuts, and seeds are okay, but no oil. Like they're literally, their recipes what? say saute and vegetable broth. I'm like, that's not what? You can't saute. <laughs> so that's a big one to look out for. Anyone whose recipes say no oil or they mention no oil, automatic, like unfollow from me and avoid, avoid, avoid. Mind blown. Um, so that's like you know, dietary fat phobia, if you think of it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a big one. Um, the term, the phrase whole food plant-based often is problematic, I find. Not necessarily all the time, but often and some people that overlaps with kind of the no oil space. Um, and so what that is code for is zero refined or processed foods whatsoever. And so obviously that is restrictive in nature. Um, there's a lot of health claims out there about preventing and reversing diseases, unclog right. your arteries, this and that. And it's just unfortunate because there's a lot of kind of inappropriate extrapolation of the data that shows, you know, that eating an abundance of plant foods is associated with good health. Yes, of course. And you can eat lots of plant foods and eat animal foods too. It doesn't mean you yeah. have to, you know, be vegan. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some people take that to mean like, if you eat only plant foods and you're never going to get cancer, if you eat any animal foods and you're definitely going to get heart disease. And so anything that's like an always or never, you know, kind of claim about health or anything that just feels extreme or too good to be true probably is. Um, So I think, you know, being critical of those things and then also, again, like seeking out and filling your bookshelves and your online spaces with credible, you know, vegan nutrition information from vegan registered dietitians and, you know, anti-diet people is important. Mm -hmm. Like Taylor Wolfram, for example, what is your handle, by the way? Do you mind telling them so that they can find you? Yeah, it's Taylor Wolfram RD on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Um, and you are also oh. an animal lover. I have commented many times on your post of your animals. <laughs> you have, yeah. I have two rescue kitties. That's and right. They're my children. <laughs> 
the babies like my Lucy. I understand. <laughs> I don't. <Yep. laughs> you have actual human babies, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Incredible. All right. That's so that's so helpful. And I think those messages, the more you can um kind of have them in your mind, the faster you are at recognizing them and the faster you are creating that pause. So that is super valuable that you can kind of glean for us what what to be looking out for. Love it. I, I yep. also oh sorry Taylor, go ahead. Nope, I was just agreeing. <laughs> I also heard one of my clients said that now a lot of bloggers have the feature that has like the click that says, take me directly to the recipe. So you no longer have to read. <laughs> now you're able to skip that. And so you're able to just go straight to the recipe and not get none of that storyline or diety culture kind of dialogue, which I thought was great because that's one of the reasons why I don't look up recipes. Cause I'm sorry. I hate reading three pages of why you decided to cook this meal. Just tell me how to do it. That's all I came here for. Um, <laughs> but apparently that's a new option. So if you're looking for that, or if you're looking for recipes, maybe be on the lookout for the option to just skip the stories, um, which will help you possibly skip a lot of the diet culture situation. Um, so the next question that we have for you, Taylor, is really how do you deal when you are at a restaurant and order something and accidentally get an animal product? Do you send it away? Do you eat it? Like, how do you deal with this situation? Is this a question like for me personally or what I would advise others to do? I guess I guess advise others. I, I don't know. I don't know how she wrote it. She just said, like, I guess she wants to know what to do in that situation to feel better about herself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's something, you know, everyone needs to figure out for themselves, right. And their level of, of comfort or discomfort. Um, and I get really curious about any guilt or shame that pops up in situations like that. Um, you know, and it, it can often depend on what, what the food is, um, you know, for instance, if it's something you're easily able to like pick off and it's not really like leaking all over your food or, you know, contaminating your food, or, you know, maybe it's something very little that is incorporated into the food that, you know, it would be impossible to take out and you're like, whatever, I'll just eat it. I think it really depends. Um, I mean, obviously there, like that food has already been made. It's already been served. Like if you send it back, it's just going to get thrown away. So in terms of, you know, not contributing to, you know, the system, like that's kind of already done. So it's really just your own comfort level with, you know, the taste and flavor of the food or knowing that, you know, that is inside of you. And I think it's different for everyone. It really depends. Um, so I think just doing a little exploration internally and thinking about, what that means, you know, for you as an individual is important. Something just came to mind for me, just being in the presence of vegetarians and how I think vegetarians get treated at a table when other people are not vegetarian. There seems to be a lot of pressure on like, will you, won't you? There's a lot of like, sign the check on your moral high ground you've taken, that sort of attitude or culture. I don't know if you've ever felt that way, but I've noticed sometimes in people, maybe shift gears or they they change on that spectrum that there is a lot of uh sometimes tension from others or confusion from others have you noticed any of that and then how do you personally work with some of those pressures that might happen in people who like delina who, who maybe don't quite understand it or are learning more about it how do you how do you work with that yeah that's an interesting question and i think of course it depends on 
the environment, who it is. Is it the first time you're with them? Is it, you know, friendly? Is it like a professional thing? Is it someone who like knows about veganism or not? Um, I personally always try to keep the vibe like positive and abundant and make it look easy and, and, you know, satisfying. And I've been at this for a while. So I know how to like veganize things and ask for options, even if they're not, you know, on, on the menu. Um, so I think, you know, I, I have been asked, you know, is it okay if I eat meat in front of you? And I, you know, that is a respectful question to ask of, of a vegan who you, who you don't know. Um, and so I think it just really depends on the situation and like what the specific concern is. Um, you know, some people might ask questions and are, and are curious. And I think being patient with that and explaining is, is helpful. And, you know, like, like anything, I think coming across, you know, compassionate is very important. Yeah, totally agree. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So the next question we have is how can you make sure that you're getting enough when you're, you're being a vegan? Um, how can you make sure that, you know, you're getting enough nutrients? Um, I guess it's, it's all about how do you know that you're doing it the correct way and not jeopardizing your overall health? Yeah. Um, you know, definitely learning the basics of nutrition in general, but, you know, specifically vegan nutrition is helpful. Um, and so the, the number one kind of overarching tip I give people is don't eliminate substitute. So don't just take meat, dairy, and eggs off your plate. Make sure you're substituting them with appropriate, you know, protein choices or calcium rich choices, for example. Um, but also learning, you know, what nutrients were you getting through animal foods that you now need to replace with vegan foods and what vegan foods have those nutrients. Um, and also not forgetting fun foods, right? And vegan versions of your favorite play foods, whatever that is, like pizza, donuts, cookies, you know, all that fun stuff, um, which, I mean, it's amazing how many options are available these days, even in, you know, just regular grocery stores and small towns. It's incredible. It's more accessible than ever, which is awesome. Um, but I do want to give a plug too to my favorite vegan nutrition book that I recommend to clients as well as, you know, other like health professionals who are interested. It's called Vegan for Life. It's written by two vegan registered dietitians, Jenny Messina and Jack Norris, who have both been at this for decades. They're super evidence-based and awesome. And they go through kind of all the nutrients and explain like how to get them um, without any like weird, crazy, like sensationalism or health claims or, you know, no oil. Like it, they're very reasonable. Um, and they also have like a little plate graphic similar to my plate that is for vegans that shows, you know, of course, like here's your fruits and veggies, but here's your legumes and nuts and grains. And here are the calcium rich, you know, choices and things like that. So that's where I would um, direct folks to get credible information that doesn't come with a side of diet culture. Um, I'm also working on an e-course, like an anti-diet vegan nutrition course, because nothing like that exists that will deliver like the nutrition essentials as well, but also tips on like meal planning and prepping and going out to eat and, and stuff like that. Um, because unfortunately, like we talked about earlier, just Googling for this stuff is going to bring up so much misinformation, <laughs> harmful information, and then it's on you to sort through it. That's incredible. Oh, I'm so excited to hear about your course. That Registered dietitians are doing some amazing things. I'm yeah. so excited about that. That's great, Taylor. 
Thank I'm you. Like, I, I want to take it because I'm like, crap. So, yeah, it sounds like you might need it, just to be honest with you. I like, do. I think I really you need to go through Taylor's. Yeah. Okay. We're going to set you up. Something. I'm going to get this book. Okay. Um, but the the other question that we have here is, and I guess I also want to know this, like how can we more, how can we be more plant-based um, or, or vegetarian? Um, how can we add more of these foods to, to our diet if we're not ready to be full blown vegan or vegetarian? Yeah, I love this question. And I mean, not just like from a vegan angle, but just you know, thinking of how can I enjoy more foods? Like I always talk to my clients about an abundance mindset, right? And and veggies are something that are just so like almost co-opted by diet culture. And I'm sure you all have had clients that are kind of like scarred from certain veggies or like salads or things that they force themselves to eat when they were dieting. And then they need like a break from it because they have this like trauma associated with it. So learning to enjoy you know, plant foods and veggies in an abundant, tasty, desirable way. Um, I mean, number one, don't force yourself to eat anything that you hate, right? It's all about eating foods you enjoy that help you feel good, nourish mind, body, and soul. Um, and that might include learning, you know, new ways to cook veggies or, or grains or beans if, if you're not familiar with them. So I think, you know, coming at that from a fun kind of point of view and looking at it as trial and error and trying, you know, different ways of cooking, different spices, different recipes, and, and just experimenting and having fun and focusing on what tastes good, what feels good. You know, maybe there's a cool blogger whose recipes you want to try or a cool cookbook you want to make your way through. Um, but also being cognizant, do any sort of restrictive thoughts come up along the way? And that's important, important to be mindful of. Amazing. Adding in, that's always the mentality. What can yes. I add in? And also the language you use too about when you're talking about the, the cookbook of like substitution is, is also in the realm of, 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 of adding in, right? So yeah. either a neutral swap for these foods or actually adding more is bringing you away from restriction and diet culture versus I'm going to cut out these foods and then stay in this place of scarcity, which is honestly going to drive the diet cycle and rub it right back up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's different for everyone. Like some people are totally fine, you know, doing like the meatless Monday thing, right. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to do all my lunches. I'm going to do like vegetarian or whatever, but for some people that might feel like too rigid or strict. And so I think it really just depends. Um, it might be helpful to start for some people with more of those kind of like meat like alternatives, um, rather than going like straight for like the whole food kind of plant-based thing. Um, so it doesn't feel as like extreme of a switch or like it is restrictive at all. And it really just depends on that person's history with dieting or restriction. Um, so it really is individualized. Awesome. I think I remember back when we were going to the offices normal and things like that, I definitely used to try to eat more vegetarian lunches. Um, and I loved it because I got to try out so many different places in Philly that offer vegetarian or vegan options. I don't know if you've heard of Hip City Veg. Um, they're in our area and it is amazing. It's probably one of my favorite places and it's vegan. And I, you know, I think that again, people associate this word with like, oh, it's vegan. It must not taste good. That's what I hear a lot. <laughs> 
And I'm like, no, you should really go to Hip City Veg. Um, it's really good. Yeah, I remember when I was in Philly for Fancy. I didn't have much free time, but on my way to the airport when leaving, I made sure to stop and get a vegan Philly cheesesteak on my way out. Yes. I mean, there's so there's so many options. It doesn't just have to be like people think of it as like quote unquote rabbit food, right? I mean, like I said, I've been at this for a while and the options now are incredible. Like I, I personally don't like have any cravings or feel like I'm missing anything. You know, there's a lot of privilege that goes into that in terms of what I'm able to, you know, have access to and afford. Um, but you'd be surprised at how much tasty vegan food there is out there and how many alternatives there are at the grocery store too. You seem to lead with satisfaction though, that even that, that, I love that mindset of like, I'm in Philly, I'm in this place, I want to experience the thing that I heard about and honor this time here, I'm going to go find a Philly cheesesteak my way. That mindset is such a nice role model for all listeners, Taylor. Like if you're somewhere and you want a food, maybe it's vegan, maybe it's vegetarian, maybe it's this or that, whatever your belief set is, you can create satisfaction when you have that mindset. It's just asking for it. Um, so that is such a powerful example. Yeah, definitely. And also, you know, satisfaction when we think of what helps us feel satisfied is, you know, protein, fat, fiber, flavor, salt, spices, all these things. And, you know, thinking of like a vegan Philly cheesesteak, like that was full flavor. That was full fat. That was like full sodium. It doesn't have to be like, oh, well, it's just like nuts is the cheese. And then I don't know, piece of, for example, carrot bacon for like, the meat like no it was seitan and it was like really good cheese and you know it doesn't have to be synonymous with like the low fat quote unquote healthy version of things um you know even among vegans there's a wide variety of dietary patterns no sad foods guys yeah no sad foods no you have to add the flavor and i think that it's awesome that you shared that with us because again often what I hear is it's bland. It doesn't taste good. And I'm like, you really probably haven't been to a good place. Philly is a great place for veganism though. We have, um, Hip City Veg, which she also owns a bunch of other restaurants that are like really good. And you would never know. I've been to some of her restaurants and I'm like, you would never know that this is like vegan food. So if you're ever in Philly, hit me up. I'll tell you where to go. I want to talk to Delina in six months. How about you, Taylor? I can very much hear her uh, on the fence with this and dabbling in a way that that's exciting. <laughs> I am in my area now. There isn't a lot. So it's hard to get like takeout and things like that in, in at least that flavorful as like when you're in center city Philly um, and have all those options. So yeah. But I'm sure a lot of other, like you said, it's just so normal now. Everyone has those, that option at least. Right. And it doesn't have to be from like a vegan restaurant, right? Yeah. I mean, especially like global food, like Thai, yeah. Indian, Vietnamese, like there's so many options like that naturally, like because a, a lot of cultures outside of, you know, modern day America, like yeah. are kind of based on, on plant-based foods. And so there are so many options um, out there at restaurants that you probably already go to. Yeah. I love that. Cause that's something that I share a lot with my clients too. I'm like, you do notice that like a lot of the stuff that you like that other cultures eat are also plant-based. So don't be afraid of trying other cultures. I think we're, especially with me, I think people think I'm just married to like Hispanic foods or Latino foods. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I love all food. And you can also love all food too. <laughs> it's okay. Try different things. So true. <laughs> 
All righty, Taylor. So that is all the questions we had for you. Do you want to leave us with anything? Share where they can find you. I know that you said you wrote a blog recently that um, kind of explains a lot more of this and we're definitely going to link it in our show notes, but tell us where everybody can find you. I know you shared it earlier, but yeah, thanks. Um, my website's taylorwolfram.com. Um, and there's a little bar right at the top of my homepage to get like a vegan intuitive eating freebie. Um, and that also put you on like my vegan email list. If anyone is interested in that um, vegan nutrition course, then you'll get updates there. And the blog post that I just published is on veganism and eating disorders. Um, and I'm not an eating disorder specialist, but it's, you know, something that I care about. Um, so I was really grateful to be able to interview um, several health at every size, eating disorder, dietitians and therapists who are vegan themselves or have expertise in veganism. And it was just great, you know, to chat with them and to bring their expertise to light. And, um, you know, it's got you know, just information about the overlap, you know, does veganism put you at high risk for eating disorders or not? What does the research say? What happens if you are vegan and have an eating disorder? Can you like, can you go to treatment? Do they allow that? Um, so there's a lot of helpful information there for anyone who's curious about that topic. Awesome. I am so glad you do what you do. It's really incredible and so needed. Thank you for being a voice in a space that honestly hasn't really existed, I don't think, yeah. up until you and, and colleagues like ours have, have started leading the way. So thanks, Taylor. Yeah, no, that means a lot. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Another episode complete. I'm loving getting to know our guests. How about you? Uh, me too, because I just love having other people around. Things are getting pretty lonely, you know. <laughs> quarantine life <laughs> just like I just need human interaction <laughs> I said that to someone the other day like where was I I went oh I went to the dentist and I was like it was really nice to like talk to a semi-stranger I don't know I haven't talked to like strangers in a long time it's been just the inner circle of trust I, know. I think a lot of us are craving that which makes me very curious about your group offer Delina what's been going on because I see you on insta promoting this for the chulas what's happening in your group offer Yes, yes. So my groups are six weeks and it's really an intro to okay. intuitive eating, right? So what I notice is that a lot of the chulas I work with maybe haven't really heard of intuitive eating before, just have, you know, a lot of questions about it. So this is just a six-week group where we just dive into the principles of intuitive eating. Um, it's really kind of like wetting your feet, in a sense, um, when it comes to intuitive eating and actually really understanding how we're going to apply it to our culture mm. um, and how we are going to try to, to live a life like this, right, in, in every day. And so it's just six weeks. We meet weekly. Um, we have a Facebook group and in the Facebook group, uh, we chat and I post weekly videos and we have weekly discussions. And so it's super quick. Um, but then we have an alumni Facebook group where the chulas that have kind of done this six week with me can then move on and still kind of have the support from one another. Um, and it's really just a great community because everyone is at different levels, but everybody's supporting one another. And so it's just a, a great way to keep the conversation going after the six weeks are over. 
Oh, I love how you practice, Lena. This is going to give people like the strong foundation that they yeah. need because I'm going to be honest with you guys. We keep getting some <laughs> weird, weird questions sometimes about intuitive yeah. eating because why everybody and their brother claims they're an expert, but yeah. really only yeah. some of us are. And so what I love is that you give space for people to get those questions answered, to get the clarity so that they can mm -hmm. focus on how they want to apply this in their life. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so how often do you run these? So they run every six weeks. So Amazing. like I said, it's just like, you know, a little, a little get together every, <laughs> every, every couple of weeks. Um, and then we get to support each other afterwards. And then, you know, they can choose to continue to work with me in other, in other ways, but this is just a little intro where they can, you know, kind of get started. Amazing. I'm so glad you built that. So fabulous. How can people apply if they want to learn more? Yes. So the link is in my bio. So you can go to your dot latina.nutritionist and check out the deets in there or you can dm me i am always trying to keep up with my dms you always respond to me very promptly which i appreciate so dm delina she'll get back to you maybe not immediately because she's talking to me <laughs> yes. um and then yeah you could definitely just ask any questions i always um let everyone know like i want to make sure that i am answering all your questions so that you make a decision that's right for you Beautiful. Awesome. Well, thanks for letting me know what you've been up to. Yeah, no problem. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being who you are. We'll see you next time. Peace, love, and break the diet cycle.